If you're here for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here, that you chose to come here this morning to New Heart Church. So uh, if you would, give a huge, huge hand clap to all, all of our first-time guests. We're so glad that you're here. Come on, church. We're so glad that you're here. So glad that you chose to be here. Man, we're uh, seven days from Christmas. I can't believe it. Um, my son is super pumped about Christmas. He's four and a half, so he totally gets it. Uh, Piper doesn't know anything about anything. She's 10 months, so Christmas or another day, so she's just chill. Um, but uh, Watson is pumped, and he's very excited about that. He said, Dad, I'm so excited for church this morning. I was like, really? What are you excited about? I, mean, I was like, I, I kind of was like, we're doing a good job. This is all, have you ever felt that, you know, as parents, you know, you feel like, you know, so many times you're like, oh, we're working, you know, and then all of a sudden you get this one, like, attaboy. He's like, Dad, I'm excited for church tomorrow. I was like, really? What is it? You know, just thinking, and he goes, Santa's going to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we're close. We're close. But, yes, it, it, Santa is going to be here, and you can take pictures, and it's going to be awesome uh, right after uh, service. Um, okay, uh, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. All right. Okay. Y'all were more about that than worship. What? Come on. You got to go through your priorities. Uh, all right. Now, it, it, uh, who loves Oreos? Some of you don't love Oreos. Yeah. Listen, those of you who don't love Oreos, we love you too. Gr good job on being very nutritious and conscious. For all of you who love Oreos and all the chemicals that are in that way to go to, we love you too. Don't clap for yourself when you're digesting. Um, Watson loves, uh, loves Oreos. He, um, uh, we tried to not, but he, you know, we live in a world, and so uh, he loves them. And uh, he, I don't know where you fall on the category, he, 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 he could go without the, the chocolate pieces. He really likes the stuffing. He likes the cream. He li he'll rip it off and just do all that, and then he could care less with the good. So I don't know where you fall. How many of you are the, uh, you, you, you like the insides? You like the insides? Okay. How many of you are like, no, no, I like the cookie? Like the cookie. Okay, yeah, good. How many of you like, the, you won't eat an Oreo unless you dunk it? With it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some of you who are coming to church for the first time, you're like, is he going to talk about the Bible or just cookies? Uh, we'll get there in a, a second. I, um, here you go, Jack. You can have it. Uh, he, now listen, he's, he, he's my nephew, so he, you know, sometimes touch it. Sorry, Charlotte. I'm sorry. <laughs> Over in there, hating that. Uh, so, um, now, with the Oreo, really, uh, the, the, middle, the middle is what makes the Oreo. Yeah. Even though you might like the other stuff, the, the, the middle actually makes, makes the Oreo. With, without it, it's just kind of two chocolate little pieces of cookie. But the, the middle is what kind of makes that thing. And, so, and, and my, my son, he just loves to, it's the middle that he cares so much about. And, uh, and it's not just an Oreo, like with sandwiches. The middle makes the sandwich, right? You know, like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not a bread and bread sandwich, right? It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? It's a ham and cheese sandwich. It's the middle that, that makes 
makes those things. And I, I was reading um, about the Christmas story, and, and I was reading these verses, and in the middle of these verses, I found something that I was like, oh, like in the middle, there was something, this is the thing that actually makes it. But, but when I was reading it, I was like, oh, so many times we miss, we miss the middle. When I was reading it, I was like, I, I don't know how many times I've heard us talk about this, or, or maybe not enough, because when you talk about Christmas, you're, you're talking about a lot of times how the birth of Jesus has affected you. And that's awesome. That's wonderful. But, but there's some stuff that a lot of times we miss. I, want, I wanted to read this. Um, and this is, you know, I've, I've, I've read this so many years of my life. And, and this is the one that kind of jumped out at me. Luke chapter 2, verse 16. And they hurried, this is talking about the shepherds. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. So, so the shepherds are doing what the angels said. And verse 17, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And after that, all who had heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Verse 20, the shepherds went back to the flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels told them. I, I feel as, uh, as people who maybe have heard the Christmas story a, a couple of times. If you're new to this, awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. If you're here and you've heard the Christmas story a couple of times, I, I, I feel like for you specifically that we're really good with verse 16 and we're really good with verse 20, but the middle is what we miss. And, and, here's, and here's why I say that. I, I, I think we're real good of, oh, let's, let's go. And let's go see how Je let's go see Jesus. Let's how that affects us. And verse twenty, let's go back to our life and thank God for all the stuff that He's done in our life. But the middle, look at this. After seeing Him, verse seventeen. After seeing Jesus, the shepherds told who? Everyone. They told everyone what had happened. And what the angel had said to them about the child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I feel like a lot of times we miss the, oh, I saw Jesus, but now I've got to tell everyone. I, I feel like a lot of times we, we've been too lulled to sleep by what Jesus has done in our own life that we don't see that now I've seen him and now I've got to tell somebody about him. We kind of think that somebody else is going to tell somebody about Jesus. We think that it's somebody else's responsibility. That's a pastor's responsibility or that's the church's responsibility or uh, that's somebody else who might be a better Christian than me's responsibility. Not realizing that the shepherds weren't the priests. They were just shepherds and they were the ones who told everybody. The shepherds were the people who weren't allowed to go in the temples, but they were the ones who told everybody. Because they saw Jesus and it affected them such a way, they could not help but tell somebody. That's why they started feeling the same thing that Elijah said when he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones that I have to say something. Like Jeremiah said, I could shut my mouth, but God would open it back up again because I 
have to. I'm compelled to. Paul said, the, the love of Christ compels me to talk to you about what is going on in my own life. And when you start letting Jesus flood your life, not just see a little bit and put your toe in the water, but when you let Jesus flood your life, something happens on the inside of you. Come on, church, that you cannot help but tell. We stop missing the middle. We, we, we stop missing where it's, it's about me talking about Jesus to somebody else. This is Christmas. The, the, it's not about just me. It's not about just how God affected me. It's not about how Jesus just affected me. Something happened to the shepherds that they could not help but tell someone. And there are people in our lives right now that are waiting for you to come and open up. I, I love that story we just watched. I, I love it. I love it. The, 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 these guys are talking about, man, we just, we're so excited about what God was doing in our life. We had to, had to talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I, I just love that because that's how it works. That, that's how it it doesn't just stop with you. And I wonder why we miss that middle piece. And I think there's a couple of reasons. I want to just talk about them for a couple of minutes this morning. One of, this is, one of the reasons is that we, we don't value our words. You don't value what you say. Or what you can say. Or what you might say. You don't, we, we don't value our words. We don't value what we could say to somebody. We don't value that when you start opening up your mouth, that God might start filling it, and the words that you say to somebody might unlock something eternal in their life, but so many of us don't value our words enough to see, oh, when I do say something, it does matter. Yeah. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. I, I love this scripture. Paul's talking about it. He says, but how can they call on him? Talking about Jesus. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about them? Then look what he says. Uh, next, next one. But how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Good news. This is good news that we're sharing with people. I, I love the message translation. I don't know if we have that. Do we have the message? Look at this. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they... Know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted. And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them? Unless someone is sent to do it. That's why the scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. That, that, that's us. That's not somebody else. That's us. 
that we're the shepherds of this story. We, we, we are the she- Come on, everyone. We're the shepherds of this story. We're, we're the ones that just don't go see and then go back to our life. We're the ones who tell everyone. We're, we're the ones that open up our mouth. But here's why you, some of us, I believe, some of us don't value the words that we say. is because the enemy would love and is loving to devalue your leadership. And it's trying to tell you that the words that you say don't matter. And it's trying to tell you that the world doesn't want to hear what you have to offer. And it's trying to tell you to shut your mouth, sit down, be quiet, and sit, sit in that little marginalized corner that you have built in your church. And don't stand up. And don't say anything and don't invite anybody to be a part of the beautiful life that you have and don't be and don't invite anybody to be a part of the grace that God has given to you and don't invite anybody to be forgiven of the things that they think that no one can forgive them for don't invite anybody to have peace like you have don't invite anybody to have joy like you have because the enemy would love for you to believe your words don't matter and no one's gonna listen but they do matter and people will listen but you have to say something. Church, we have to talk about this. And I'm not talking about going and judging somebody or telling them how wrong they are or telling them how bad their life is or how they should change this or that. I'm telling them, see the grace of God. I'm telling you, if you open up your mouth and let people see the love and the grace of God, it will change their life. We've got shepherds that were never allowed in church, but the angels said, go see Jesus. This, this is the moment that we should be seeing. Man, my voice actually matters. But the enemy always will whisper, no, don't post that invite to church. Don't invite your neighbor. Don't ask, don't, don't ask your coworker to pray for them. Don't, 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 listen, no one wants to hear about your Bible. No one wants to hear about Jesus. I'm telling you, that is the enemy that is whispering to your life. And if you are surrounded, if some of you are thinking, well, everybody I know is Christians, you need to know some new people. You, you have inoculated yourself to where you are not affected. Because you don't know anybody who doesn't know Jesus. Get out of your Christian shell and ask God, ask God, God, show me some people who don't know you. And I promise you, you will see some. Because God cares way more about them than you do. Your voice matters. Your, your voice matters. For some, there are some people right now who are not in this church And they will not be in this church. And they will not know the love of Jesus unless you tell them. And I'm not trying to tell, that doesn't, shouldn't make you feel, that shouldn't make you feel bad. That should make you feel responsible. And it should make you feel like, man, I I got something to say. But maybe, but the enemy just loves it. No, no, you don't have anything to say. We have a, we have a pastor friends who have, um, Wonderful kids. Their youngest is uh, in, um, she's in second grade. And, man, she, she, uh, she got a little fire in her. 
I don't know if you've ever met a second grade girl that's got some fire, but she's got some chutzpah. And, um, and, you know, they always joke, they're like, man, we're just, pr- you know, just make sure she's saved, because if she wasn't, she'd run a gang, you know. <laughs> she's, you know, she, and she's awesome, she's wonderful. And, um, and they were telling us a story that uh, just recently, she stood up in front of her second grade class, and she said, I got an announcement! I mean, this is like, she has an adult teacher, just so you know. It was, <laughs> Like, so she started, I got an announcement. She said, I, I want you to know that, and I won't say the name, but, you know, the man that comes around this time of year that's dressed in red, she said, he's not real. And the teacher said at that point, half the class started crying. Which she responded, Well, my brothers told me, so that's the truth. (laughs) And sat down. And I and I heard that and I was like, oh my. But and then and then uh uh our our friend said, now listen, once we get that turned to Jesus, she is gonna be the most incredible person. And it's true. But somehow uh, a lot of us think we have that kind of voice when we're in second grade. But life has happened in your life to where now you just sit and be quiet. Where God has given you influence at your job. God has given you influence with your neighbors. God has given you influence with friends. God has given you influence with your family. God has given you influence in a government. God has given you influence with a city. God has given you influence with different people. But at the moment you start opening your mouth to let people know who Jesus is, the devil said, no, you don't have any influence, and you shut up and sit down. Not realizing that God has put you in that position to be an influence. God has put you in that position to raise up people. God has put you in that position to bring light to darkness. God has put you in that position not just to have your own Christmas for your family, but to give it to every single person you come in contact with. To open up your mouth, your voice matters. And it matters to people who might not know what you know. Second, not just that we don't value our words. Second, we forget where we came from. I'm going I'm to talk to the churchy people for a second. For those of you who are churchy, love you so much. Because you make sure that our church isn't weird. For those of you who have been in church for a while... I would challenge you. You haven't been saved your whole life. There's, there was a moment when you were a hot mess. Oh, come on. There's a moment where we're all a hot mess. Some of us are still hot messes. And we came to church this morning. Awesome. 
But, but you forget you, because you it, somehow, some of us maybe have been saved for a, a, a number of years, but we forgot what it was like to not live with eternity in mind. We've forgotten what, it, uh, what it's like not to have Jesus forgiven us of our uh, idiot m- mistakes. We've forgotten what it's like not to have the joy that only comes from God. We've forgotten what it's like not to feel like we've got eternity uh, in our hearts. We've forgotten what it's like not to have the grace above and around our life. We've forgotten what that's like. We've forgotten where we came from. And because we've forgotten where we have came from, we've stopped loving the people who are still there. And because of that, we don't talk about it that much. And we, we love that we have our church. And we love that we're there. But we really could care less about the people who aren't. And until you start realizing that we all came from the same place, that we all have the same grace, and that we've all been forgiven of much, then then you will start opening up your mouth to, to other people who don't know how much God loves them. Uh, I, I love sports, and, and um, I love watching the NFL draft because you, you see so many young guys who um, their, their lifelong dream like gets put up right on screen. You know, like so much hard work and then boom, you're gonna play in the NFL. Um, and the stories that are, the stories that, that, that really hit me the most are the ones where the, the, the guys can't stop crying and they're saying, I can't wait to buy my mama a house. And I can't wait to help my community. And I can't wait to tell other people that, that even though you can come from nothing, you can still be something. Like you see those stories and you're like, oh. And the stories that don't hit you at all are the ones that are like, man, I should have been drafted higher. They don't even know who they did. No. You got one who's so grateful, and you got one who's so entitled. And the grateful one is the one that breaks down every wall. The grateful one is the one who's like, man, I can't believe that I get to do this. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, grace, this is a great picture of grace. Grace never changes the entitled. It only changes the grateful. Grace doesn't change the entitled. It only changes the great. This is why grace had such a hard time. This is why Jesus had such a hard time breaking through to the Israelites. Why? Because they were entitled. They thought they were God's chosen people. They thought we deserve this. And this is why the Gentiles, everybody who wasn't an Israelite, this is why they were so like, bring it on. We want to hear about why. Because they're grateful. They're just grateful. They couldn't believe that this was being opened up for them, for you, and for I. I I just think so many times we need to remember where you came from. And you need to remember, I, I need to remember where I came from. I grew up in church, but I wasn't 
I wasn't saved my whole life. And I knew, I knew about God, but I didn't know God. I thought, I thought but just being in church would, would make me okay, but it didn't. And it wasn't until I had a own, my own personal experience with Jesus that it changed my life. And it, and it changed who I was. And it, and it cha- I, I remember when I, I, I was eighth grade, I went to a summer camp, and uh, I've told this story before. All I cared about, the only reason I was going to summer camp is because there was girls in my youth group that I thought were hot. <laughs> and I was a mess. I was always in trouble. And my parents sent me on this summer camp to go meet with God and, and, and fix me. Because I was a mess. And uh, I really was a mess. I mean, Charlotte, I, mean, Charlotte, I was a terrible kid. And um, that's my sister, if you didn't know. And um, uh, like my parents will go back to where we grew up in Illinois, and they'll talk to some of like my old teachers or something, and they're like, yeah, Ben's a pastor. And they're like, what? Uh, I try not to get too offended, but okay, yeah, that's where it is. Um, and I remember I, eighth grade, I got off the uh, uh, the bus to um, to summer camp, and this dude came up to me, and he said, "I've been praying for this summer camp. There's you know four or five hundred people here." And he goes, "I've been praying for the summer camp. I'm one of the leaders here, uh, and 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 God said there's going to be two people that are going to be in full time ministry out of this summer camp. And when you got off the van, God said He's one of them." And I went, <laughs> yeah, no, no, not close, because that wasn't my life, but God changed my heart, like I had a moment with God that changed my life to where I said, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to live, God, my life is yours and yours alone. God, you want me to pastor, I'll pastor. God, you want me to do this, I'll do that. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And that's still fresh inside of me because I I remember how miserable I was. And I remember I was trying to find so many things to give me purpose and find so many things to give me life. But none of it came up good and none of it was right until I found Jesus. I I, I love, Jess has such a story. She's always keeping it fresh. I mean, when she talks about Jesus, she starts crying because she remembers in college when she didn't have a relationship with Jesus and she wasn't living that life that she's living now and she felt like she was in something so dark she could never get out of it but Jesus came and met her in a place where no church ever did and spoke to her and at that moment something changed in her life she remembers that and that is something that pushes her still I'm telling you remember where God saved you remember where God pulled you from Instead of always thinking, oh, I've been this way for my whole life. Because it's, it's so true that if you can set this thing up for somebody, God will do the rest. 
Remember that scripture we read uh, earlier um, where it said the shepherds told everyone and they were all astonished. Now, their response isn't the shepherd's responsibility. The shepherd's responsibility is just share the story. But so many of us think that the response is our responsibility. No, no, no. The, people's response to God is God's responsibility. We just set it up. That's why it's so important. Come on. That's why it's so important that we invite people to church. Because this is the ultimate setup. You come to church, and I'll let, we'll let God do it. You come, come with me to church, and we'll let God do the thing. I can't tell you how many people have come to our church that they were invited and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then something happened in that hour. I, I, I'll tell you, there are sometimes I'm talking to some people and they're like, yeah, and the moment you said this, and I'm thinking in my head, I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, tell them that. So I'm like, yeah. But somehow, the, the words that I'm saying, between the words that I say and what's coming into your heart and spirit, God's translating at that moment and the Holy Spirit is working in that moment and you're thinking about some other things and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I didn't even see it that way. That wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit. That is, tra- thank God for the Holy Spirit translating stuff. Because you walk out and you think a lot better about my sermon than uh, you should. Because God's speaking, not me. Our job is to set it up. Uh, I don't know, is Jen, Jenna and Matt here? Where is Jenna? I know Matt's taking pictures. Oh, uh, hi, Jenna. Okay, so, uh, so, so Jenna and Matt, uh, they um, are friends of ours. And one, time, one night, this was, I think it was during... Uh, a pandemic, like when we're all in our houses. One night, Jenna calls Jess and says, uh, "Is that Marty Tibbles? Is that Marty Tibbles dating anybody?" And um, and Jess was like, uh, "No, no, I don't. I, I don't I, I, I'm trying to get it." I, but anyway, uh, uh, Jenna's like, "I think I got something. I, I got somebody for her." And uh, for those of you who know Jess, um, this is like her favorite thing in the world. Um, and then also, if you know Jenna, this is one of her favorite things in the world. And so you got two people that are like, we're going to get somebody married. You know, like, and I'm like, they don't even know each other. <laughs> it's a little weird. Um, but they're like, okay, let's, let's, start, let's start, you know. And then, so they set uh, Marty and Noah up. Uh, and so um, they, that's, how, that's how they met. Um, but as their relationship went along, Marty and Noah had to work on their relationship. Marty and Noah had to see, okay, is this going to really work? They had to, we didn't set up every date for them. We, that would be creepy, by the way. (laughs) 
like they, you know, they, they, we didn't set up every date. We weren't in every conversation. We weren't in every part. They were like, okay, hey, I think this this could be something. We weren't in that decision to know, say, hey, man, I'm gonna pop the question. I'm gonna get the ring. We're gonna do the thing. We we were, of course, on the sidelines cheering them on and helping them. But they were making these things uh, happen together. Jess and Jenna just set it up. But then they did the work. So many of us don't realize how powerful just the setup is. Just, just, just set it up. Set, set, set it. Ask your friends. Ask your coworker. Hey, hey uh, we got a great opportunity. Church, I just want to let you know. We got. A, and, and by the way, if you didn't know, uh, end of the story. Marty and Noah did get married. They're married now. <laughs> So if you're, you're single, come to church <laughs> and become friends with Jess and Jenna and, and let the Holy Spirit work. Uh, there, there are people in your life right now that God's just waiting for you to set them up. We, we got a great opportunity at the, our Christmas Eve services a Friday night, and then on Christmas Eve, people are so open to coming to church. Maybe more than ever before, they, 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 will, they will say yes to coming. Not just coming to church, coming with you to church. And so I'm asking all of us as a church family, let's leverage our relationships and have the setup and let God deal with all the other stuff. Let God speak to their heart. Let God open up their life. I don't want to miss the middle. Because the middle's what makes it. If you would, let's stand to our feet. I, as I was talking this morning, uh, I, I just reminded again of how important it is to, to keep a freshness of where you are in your relationship with God. Because if, it, if that's fresh, then it's fresh for everybody else. And, and when you realize, wow, God, where you brought me from and now where I'm here, I, I want other people to experience that. I, I'm praying that that leads our week as we go into this Christmas week. I'm praying that we have a freshness with our relationship with God. So if you would, come on, all over this room, if you close your eyes and lift up your hands to God. Come on, all over this room, close your eyes and lift up your hands to God. God, bring a freshness into my soul again. God, bring a freshness into my heart again. Come on, church, all over this room. Thank you, Jesus.